0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Call of Anchor Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. We always love catching up with uh, Keith Richard, especially after two big victories. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach?
2: I'm doing great, Aaron.
1: Uh, Coach, we are discussing a little bit about Valentine's Day, throwing out some stats. Uh, I got one here that says the average consumer spends about $116 on Valentine's Day. Do you think that's high or low? Tread lightly here.
2: Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I think I'm going over that tonight. Uh, there you go. Well done. Uh, <laughs> I think man. I'm going over it. Uh,
1: well done last week, and we had a chance to talk a little bit about it uh, yesterday on the TV side. But for you guys to go on the road, uh, not many thought you could steal one game, let alone two at Georgia State and Georgia Southern. We talked about it last week being one of the most difficult trips, road trips in the conference. To walk out of there with two victories, what was it like?
2: Well, I mean, it' probably one of the best uh, road road swing wins uh, I know since I've been here. And and you know, every coach says, "Man, this is a tough road swing we're about to go on." You know, every road trip, and that was a tough one. And that's just you know, coach talk, you know, and and. But I'm talking about statistically proven since Georgia State and Georgia Southern have been in the Sunbelt Conference. I'm not sure this has happened many times because they've been a team, both of them, that have have been in the top half of the league the whole time they've been in the league, which is <clears throat> maybe five years or something like that. And, and they're two good teams and programs within the league, and that trip is very, very hard uh, to sweep and, uh, not many people have done it. I know we had two 20 win teams, uh, you know, two and three years ago. And, and those teams didn't, uh, neither of those teams, uh, swept, uh, any one of those years. And so I know how hard that is to do and for us to do it and to do it in, you know, the fashion that we did, which was overtime, you know, a lot of drama, a uh, close game, big plays needed, big plays happened, big shots. All that combined, uh, you know, just tremendous uh, accomplishment for uh, our team.
1: A lot of reasons why you guys had so much success last week, but we look at the what you guys did behind the arc, the three-point shooting. What can you credit that to?
2: Well, I think we are – I just think we're a good three-point shooting team. You know, we're not – I don't want to say great. We're not a great three-point shooting team, but we're a good three-point shooting team. And we have been really all year. Uh, it's it's really the best thing that we've done. Now, you know, I'd like to have some nights back where we didn't shoot it well, and I wish we would have, and maybe we would have won those games. And, uh, you know, that's the difference between good and great. But but we're a good three-point shooting team. And, and you know, when... when Sam McDaniel and Travis Munnings are shooting the ball well uh from the three point line uh it's not only good it's good for our team but it but we cause matchup problems because those guys are slash guard forwards and uh they're hard matchups uh in terms of you know do you come out on them and then you know can they drive by you and usually they have a lot of times, bigger players guarding them, and uh, so it becomes a tough matchup. Uh, uh, and and we've had some games where, you know, we've we've missed wide open threes, just hadn't shot it well that night. Uh, but the but the theme was right, and uh, uh, so this week, last week, uh, it just I mean, it was the best that I could even imagine. Uh, in terms of, in particular, those two guys being two hard guys to guard. Uh, And then you slide in uh, uh, Michael Ertle and Jordan Harris and Marvin Jean-Pierre doing a little driving, scoring a few buckets uh, inside the three-point line and and contributing in their way. It was was, uh, very good uh, basketball. It was uh, fun to watch, Uh, and, uh, you know, ultimately it – you know, it got us two great wins on the road.
1: Sam McDaniel averaged uh, 23 points and almost 11 rebounds in the two wins. Have you noticed a difference with his confidence level and the way he's carrying himself on the court right now?
2: Uh, yes. And, and really it's been, uh, for most of the year, he really lost confidence last year as the conference season, uh, went, went, uh, you know, went on and, and, uh, just lost confidence. And, uh, you know, got in the gym this summer, really worked on it, and, uh, much improved this year. I'll give you an example. Last year in conference play, he shot 27% from the three point line. And right now in conference play, he's shooting 48%. So, I mean, it's dramatic turnaround. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, obviously on this road swing, uh, his confidence was at the highest level it's been since he's been here. He made a shot there. Uh, not only did he make a big one at Georgia Southern, but he made one uh, really contested—a man on him late in the Georgia State game—that uh, that, uh, that kind of proved that boy he's got it going, you know. And and uh, so confidence real high for Sam McDaniel.
1: We've seen some uh, great performances from Travis Munnings over the course of the last three years, but he had a doozy on Thursday against uh, Georgia Southern. 26 points, 20 rebounds. Is that as well as Travis has played in his three years here?
2: Probably so. 20 rebounds. Anytime somebody gets 20 rebounds, you got to tip your hat to them. I don't care who you are and where you're playing. 20 rebounds is a lot. And uh, uh, he he played uh, all 45 minutes on Thursday night, all 45 minutes on Saturday. Uh, Just a road warrior. Uh, in uh, last week and uh you know he could have got sunbelt player of the week too there he and sam mcdaniel's stats were almost identical and uh i wish they could have got co because he he really deserved it just as much as sam mack and and uh but they don't do a a co from the same team and i think probably sam mack making a few three-pointers late probably pushed him over the edge but travis had a big week and and and, uh, you know, again, when when he and Sam McDaniel shoot the ball well from the three-point line, uh, we we become a team that's, that's really hard to guard. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we proved it over the last two games.
1: So you're happy to be home at Thaneuil this week, but it's not like it gets much easier. You square off against Georgia State and Georgia Southern last week, two of the top three in the conference. But now you look at the standings. UT Arlington is tied for third along with Texas State. First up, uh, the Mavericks on Thursday at Van Ewing. What are you anticipating from them?
2: Very talented team. Uh, you know, preseason pick number one in the league, returning player of the year in the league, and Kevin Harvey, all league guard, and Eric Neal. Still a very talented team that that uh, uh, is coming in here. I mean, right, you know, up there close to the Lafayettes in the league and in terms of talent. Now, they've struggled on the road a little bit this year uh in particular in conference play and that's really kind of been the difference of last year and this year and and i attribute it more to their complementary players uh last year their complementary players really you know had good years and and uh uh this year they're, they're they've been a little more inconsistent which is uh you know the reason that they've lost some games on the road so but but you're gonna see it when you come out here. I mean they've got <laughs> they've got two seven footers at, at center, you know, and one <laughs> the starter and the backup, and they got length. I mean they've got wingspans and and uh, of course Hervey's, you know six eight, you know at the at the forward position, and you know the little quick guard Eric Neal running around there. I mean they you you feel their talent when they when they walk on the floor. So we got a tremendous challenge in front of us. No question about that. They've won three in a row, so you know they've got a little something going. But you know, for our team—we're just trying to focus on and keep positive energy on what we just did, how we did it, how we can use it against Texas Arlington. Glad we're playing—you uh, know—kind of important games here in February. Uh, you know, things didn't feel too good three weeks ago, and here we are in, in the middle of February, and. Anywhere from the third seed to the 11th seed in the conference, there's only a game and a half different. So we got a chance to muddy the waters up here a little bit. And uh, uh, that's what those two wins did for us last week. And so our team is very uh, uh, excited about this opportunity here starting on Thursday.
1: Coach, final question. I'm always curious, and especially this may differ from team to team or week to week, Game preparations. How much or what percentage do you spend on self scouting yourself? What you guys just did on the road against Georgia, to what you do to breaking down the likes of a, a
2: Texas Arlington? Okay, ask me that again. How, how do we do it on the road compared uh,
1: no, to home? No, uh, no. In terms of percentage, how much time you spend on just breaking down your own team compared to the opponent, like uh, the Mavericks?
2: Well, we look at we we look at every team, you know, and uh, uh, different teams do it different ways, as you mentioned, and. Uh, you know, we the coaches spend a lot of time uh watching film of the opposing team. I, I like to uh develop some kind of plan on both sides of the ball, both offense and defense. And uh and if we have three days of preparation or four days before a Thursday game, you know, obviously we we uh have a build up each day and and uh if it's a one game preparation. Uh, it might be a walkthrough with the team uh, at practice. And uh, but we always watch film uh, with the team or opposing the opponent. We always have some kind of plan, some again, sometimes it's, it's a little more detailed than others because of time. Uh, but uh, there's always something. and I, I really like to give a, a point of emphasis, you know, on each side of the ball, uh, that uh, that they can carry into the game because, yeah. in my opinion, that's what that's what kind of holds you together during a game. And, and from it being just a pickup game out there, is that you know you got something that you've you've talked to your team about. We're all hooked at the hip about it, even if it's wrong. It leads to something that we're uh, you know connected to, and, and we're trying to accomplish. And so uh, you know that's kind of how we do it.
1: Coach, this should be a fun week. Look forward to being out at Fan Ewing, uh, Thursday night for this matchup against UT Arlington then on Saturday versus Texas State. Appreciate the time, But
2: Okay, sounds
1: good. ULM head coach Keith Richard for his weekly visit. Kevin Hervey, the kid from Texas Arlington, feels like he's been around forever. He's coming off a 33.8 rebound, four-block performance versus the Bobcats. They won that game in overtime. You look at Texas Arlington coming into this year, big things were anticipated, expected out of him. Perhaps a little bit, you know, of, of, you know, not living up to the expectations so far. They're still 16 and 10 overall. Uh, I remember early on in the year when they had that matchup against Alabama, and everybody was talking about the Tide. Uh, they lost a heartbreaker to them, 77 to 76. They got off to, a, I think, they were seven and one to start the year. UT
3: Arlington. Yeah, what a great opportunity to continue that momentum yeah. if you're ULM.
1: Yeah, ULM, and of course, you look at, uh, he mentioned it, the fact that the Mavericks have now won uh, three straight. So they hit uh, a tough stretch there, and now they have rebounded. And of course, right now, the Warhawks playing their best ball. Of the
3: yeah, year. awesome game coming up.
1: Let's take a timeout coming up. Let's uh, get this uh, text line back on fire. 888 993 7762. We're looking for the uh, biggest romantic out there on this Valentine's Day. How much are you plunking down on this day? We're back after you.
4: Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car, king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust loyalty you'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing the king of the road the king of the road car king New Year, New You, let Podness Barbecue help with eating
5: healthy. Our meats are smoked and we have low carb sides beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork, all slow cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for six ninety nine, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for four ninety nine. So come on in Podness, drive through or use a waiter out for delivery. Two locations, one sixty five North in Monroe, or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Potna's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since nineteen seventy seven. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. You want new window tinting for your car? And you're getting tax money back from Uncle Sam. Bring that combo to Magic Glass and Tint in West Monroe and let us tint you up. Not only does professional tinting from Magic Glass keep your car cool, but it protects the interior from harmful damaging UV rays. All at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tint, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe.
1: All right, uh, a couple more stats here for you. Gifts most often given on Valentine's Day, allowing for multiple gifts given. 47% candy. Flowers, 34%. Cards at 52%. Jewelry, 17%. Dining, eating out, 34%. I thought that would actually be a little higher. Clothing,
3: Wait, 14%. Read that one more time.
1: Dining, eating out, 34%. Gift given on Valentine's Day.
3: No, I mean, like, I, I figured all those would be out of 100%, and uh-huh. it doesn't add up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, clothing, would that ever work out? You go out go shopping for no. clothing for your wife, 14%. Uh, gift cards, 12%. Other gifts, 11 and then here down at the bottom, it's at point zero 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 homemade card for your significant <laughs> other.
3: <laughs> uh, I think you made that up. Yeah, point zero zero eight. All right, yeah. Oh, so where's where's picture frame? No picture. At. <laughs> I believe that's below the construction construction uh, card. Listen, I think. You know, more thought goes into if you actually handcraft something, actually put some, some, it's going to put some
1: pressure on your, uh, writing. It'll have to be the best thing,
3: best hand, like handwriting. Well,
1: that, anyway, that wouldn't be good either. And my handwriting's
3: read. awful. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. I don't care. Like, the other part's easy. Mm. Anyway, should we get to some four downs? <laughs> should we stop with the, these, I feel like this is fake news. All these the Valentine's figures. We just gave statistics, percentages. and You're calling statistics Brain
1: to, Research Institute. You're calling it bogus.
3: I think it's as bogus as the bracket projections that I was given a couple of weeks ago with LSU into the tournament. So yes, I do think it's bogus.
1: Life well, just weighed in. You knew it was going to happen. She said, "Yay, Jake." <laughs>
3: you got to do better than that, Aaron. I'm sorry. You got to do better than that.
1: All right, Jake, let's see if you can do better. You going to play a little four downs? Let's play some four downs. All right, what do we got? All
3: right, first down. Your entire franchise is counting on the number one overall pick, and you need a quarterback. Aaron, who do you select? You know, I'm not sold on any of these guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why I asked the question. I mean, you
1: look at them, and there's some big bodies in this group. But and then you got Baker Mayfield, and he is not a uh-huh. big body. Uh-huh. But he offers all the intangibles.
3: Whoa, you are going Baker?
1: I, I'm I'm thinking about it. I want to hear which way you go. But I mean, I, I just don't like Rosen. I don't like Garnold, uh Ferguson. I mean, certainly that the Allen kid from Wyoming.
3: Allen's the one that the I watched him
1: with. in that Iowa game. Whoa,
3: dreadful. You watched a lot of Iowa games oh, this year. Yeah, didn't? Yeah. Well, here's the way I'm going. Jackson.
1: Lamar Jackson? No,
3: he's not going to be number one, though. I understand. I know, but like, just, who do you, you think? Five years from now, which mm-hmm. one are going to be
1: like, oh, we should have took him"?
3: I, You know, a lot of people defend Lamar Jackson, uh, his passing, but I've seen a lot of passing performances where I'm just like, I don't know. Here's where I'm going, and this is why I'm a little disappointed. I'm going the Baker route. I thought you would go somewhere different. I thought we could have a good debate about it, but I think, you know, it's not crazy to, to think about Baker because... You know, people say, oh, he's too short. But we've seen it happen. We've seen it work before. We've seen it work with Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. Both have had great success. Yeah,
1: Russell Wilson has an extremely strong arm. And how accurate Drew Brees is, arguably the most accurate passer in NFL history. I mean, does Baker Mayfield, is his arm that good?
3: Mm, uh, I don't know if it's that good. It's still good, and he's accurate with the football. And The thing I love most about him is the way he moves in the pocket. i talked about that a lot during the college football season, and I think that's what's going to help him overcome the height disadvantages, kind of like how Drew Brees does. Drew Brees is one of the best you know, moving around in the pocket. So I think the other question is whether you can trust him or not, kind of like the Johnny Menzel thing. While while he is wild and he, I, I just don't consider him to be a risk like Johnny Manziel. And I just would because
1: he grabbed his crotch and yelled at some uh, no some the, fans in Kansas.
3: Arrested and I mean come on, there, there's other issues there. I'm not just talking about that. I would like to see him mature. I don't want to see him grabbing his crotch at the NFL. Um, but I think the reason why I go why I, I would go with Baker is because I look at the others oh, Rosen has had too many injuries. I mean, he can't stay healthy. I can't trust that. Um, Darnold turned the ball over way too much, just a little too carefree with the football. And Josh Allen has accuracy issues. Yeah, Josh Allen looks like a million bucks, but can he go out there and can he play? So give me the guy who can operate a system. Give me the guy who can also go off script. You know, we saw Deshaun Watson, who was one of the best quarterbacks in, in college history. We saw people hesitate you know taking him cuz they thought the game wouldn't translate to the next level it worked he, you know i know we, we didn't get to see it for a full year cuz he got injured but it worked it, it, he had a great rookie season and i expect a whole lot out of him next year so people doubted that transition now people doubt baker when are we going to stop doubting whether these guys can can translate it at the next level i think i i feel most confident in baker of all the quarterbacks you name
1: I would almost agree with you. And this almost might be a situation where franchises are going to get kind of lucky if you're farther down the draft orders where something's going to fall in your lap. And, of course, you don't have that all that pressure of, hey, this is the man. One may just actually fall in your lap in a pretty deep class. We've got a number of people weighing in. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. Morgan says Rosen spins the ball the best, but he lacks the intangibles. I still him like the, him the best in this year's QB class. Tyler says you can't compare a veteran elite NFL quarterback; you can only judge physical attributes. The reference is, of course, with Mayfield, with the likes of Russell Wilson or Drew Brees.
3: Yeah, and that's true, but you gotta you gotta make some comparison somewhere you know you got to look at how some of these players are, have overcome some of the same disadvantages that he possesses and say, you know what, I think he he has what it takes to overcome that like those players. Now, it could be completely wrong, but I feel more confident in that than going with a body guy and Josh Allen who who looks like a million bucks but can't seem to 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 throw it accurately consistently.
1: I think it all comes down to when you bring him in and you get a chance to work him out and you basically sit down and you Get to learn more about the guy and the relationships that you develop, and just the vibe that you get from him. I think it's, that's what it's all going to boil down to. Yeah,
3: it really will. Um, and I, I, I think Baker is a great interview. Like I think I think he'll crush that process. The question just will come as, "Hey, can you keep your emotions in check on the sideline? We can't have you grabbing your crotch on the sideline. That's just not going to fly here in an, in an NFL organization."
1: And the other thing, the California guys, Rosen and Darnold, you just get a, a strange read from them.
3: Yeah. Uh, Rosen, I've always liked Rosen. Like, I remember when he was a freshman, when he first came on the scene, I was a big fan of his. I thought he was going to be the next big thing in college. But unfortunately, like I said, those injuries just really derailed him. And because of that, I just, I would be, I'd be worried. You know, number one overall pick, this guy's got to come in. This guy's got to, you know, come in and make an impact immediately. Do do you want to give the keys to a guy who wasn't able to stay healthy in college? Mm. Man, I hesitate to do that.
1: All right, so we'll agree. We'll uh, put all our eggs in one basket, the Mayfield basket.
3: I'll put it in the Mayfield basket, yeah. Huh. My, my whole point to that was if you're the Browns and you need and you need a quarterback, do trade trade back, either trade back or uh, I do everything possible, and I'm not saying they're not going to, to get Kirk Cousins to come in. And then you can use those first two picks for something – a different position.
1: So we're going to take the shortest guy of Donald Ros- uh, Rosen, yeah. Allen Rudolph, Ferguson, and Jackson.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I think he. I think he'll be a good throw. Will he be? I'm not convinced that we'll have a quarterback come out of this class that will be like Carson Wentz or even like Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I. I was the first to kind of write Jared Goff off after that awful rookie season, and we saw what Sean McVay did with him. But I think I think his future is now really bright. I don't, I don't see a quarterback here and go, yeah, they're going to be a future All-Pro.
1: Tabor, is there one of those quarterbacks that stands out the most to you that you'd feel most comfortable with? I think Baker.
3: Yeah. Okay, we're all three on Baker. How about that?
1: Mm, kiss we're, of death right there. <laughs> that really is. Second out.
3: All right, suck it down. Uh, Signing day has come and passed, so we will look ahead. I want to set the over-under win totals. We talked about this with the NFL. I want you to set it yourself, Aaron, set the over-under win totals for ULM, Tech, LSU, and Grambling. What you got for ULM? All
1: right, so you're talking about a program coming off back-to-back four and eight seasons. The product on the field, especially offensively, was much improved this past year for the Warhawks. Yes, I think if you're fair, you set the win total at five for the over and under. Because if you go higher, you, you want to have action on both sides, correct? That's the ultimate goal.
3: I went five and a half. So I'm, I'm right there with you, um, I think. So, like you said, you, you've got – coming off a of back-to-back, you know, four-win seasons. You look at the non-conference schedule, and it's brutal again. I don't know what's up with ULM and it's scheduling these this murderous row of uh, non-conference uh, – this non-conference slate but i look at it you know they won four games in conference last year if they can figure out their defensive issues they return most of their offense Mm -hmm. and and a guy in caleb evans who was really fun to watch i think they can eclipse that more but yeah i'm like you i said it at five and a half and i think they can get to six wins this year
1: well you go back to 2013 was the last time of course they had six wins in a year So uh, five, five and a half, the over and under on ULM's win total next year. What you got for Tech? Uh, Tech is a little bit more difficult. Very difficult. Uh, You go back, of course, the last uh, three years, they had those uh, back-to-back nine-win seasons, and then uh, last year they fall back a little bit with just uh, seven wins. You think with the, the guys coming back and, of course, the situation at quarterback, you would have to believe eight wins would be a nice win total to set it at for this team.
3: Yeah, I actually went higher. Mm. I actually went higher. I went with nine and a half. Now, if I told you... Nine and a nine half? Nine and a well, half. Well, nobody's
1: going to take the over on that.
3: <laughs> I think they could do it. I, You know, look at their schedule. You know, the first... I, I think they can win three of the first four games, non-conference, and then you get into... Sorry, two of their first three non-conference games. Then you get into the conference slate, and... I think FAU is going to take a step back next year. I think, um, you know, Southern Miss, whenever they play Southern Miss, it's always a toss-up. Like, I feel like it could go either way when, when Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss clash. I like what Louisiana Tech returns. We talked all year about how, you know, this was a rebuilding season. You know, they played a lot of young players. For that reason, I think 9.5 is doable. I think they could get to 10 wins this year. You think I'm crazy? Oh, no,
1: I don't think you're crazy. I just think setting a get- number at that. I even skip. Skip Holtz and some of the staff members would say, "All right, nine
3: and a half." You get to nine. You you set it at nine and a half, and then people will, will gladly take the under. And I think this team can be a ten win team. Mm. So I'm just trying to make money here.
1: All right, I go eight and a half. Well, if you were trying to make money, I think everybody would take the under on your nine and a half. Exactly,
3: and then I think they go over. And I think there's a good possibility they do.
1: <laughs> well, if you set Tech at nine and a half, I can only imagine what you have for LSU.
3: LSU had seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> So for tech, That's
1: you, you raised the bar extremely high, <laughs> and LSU you said extremely low.
3: LSU schedule is ridiculous. That's why it's at seven and a half. And not only that, but we have we don't know what Steve Ensminger is going to bring to the table. It sounds like they're going to throw the ball more, but you have that issue. that have the issue of you know cornerback depth. I, I worry about that for LSU. Um, you know, especially when you start moving to the nickel and dime packages. I think if you look at LSU, seven and a half is a good mark because a lot of people have the question whether they'll go seven to five or eight and four. I don't think they'll go six and six, but I think eight and four is probably a good prediction for them, but I can realistically see this team going seven and five.
1: And that has got to pain you as being a big LSU homer. Why? because you should want expectations you're recruiting at a national level you brought in Ed Orgeron to save this <laughs> program in. and then now you're you're expecting a seven did they bring season? in
3: Ed Orgeron or did they just settle with or it did or
1: did he just wrong. fall in their lap <laughs> um,
3: no because I, I'm realistic about it I look at it and I see the fact that you know Miami as the first game of the season is tough they always struggle at Auburn then you got Georgia and Bama to play also A&M they're going to be tough by the time, you know, you are going to get eleven games. Before. I
1: understand it's a tough road. Yeah, but
3: but, but you are saying oh they're going to ex- compete
1: with the Alabamas of the world. When's LSU going to get back on that stage where they're competing for national championships?
3: I don't know if it's this year. I, I really like their defense. I think their defense is going to keep them around. You know, even with the concerns I have at cornerback, I think their defense is going to be. Really, really good, especially what they turn in the front seven.
1: This fan base expects and demands. I nine, understand ten that. This two. isn't about
3: expectations or anything like that. This is about realistically putting a number on it. Mm. And that's why I feel like, you know, they're going to steal one or two games. We know that. LSU's going to steal one, whether that's Miami or, you know, a team like Auburn or maybe even a, a Georgia game. They're going to steal one or two. But I still think that they have, you know, four to five losses coming.
1: All right, you put it seven and a half, I uh, eight, eight and a half, probably. I mean, just look at the the track record. Yeah. But nine and four last year, eight and four, I believe the year before that, nine and three, eight and five. But I think you got to go back all the way, what, 2013, the last ten win season for LSU. Yeah,
3: exactly. And you're you're banking on Miles Brennan or Lowell Narcisse being really, really good, because okay. guess what? There's no Darius guy standing next to him in the backfield, okay? And you're counting on these. True freshman receivers to come in and be immediate impact, mm-hmm. game changing players.
1: And offensive coordinator nobody else wanted.
3: <laughs> so, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, they have so many question I think, marks. At 7.5, I feel pretty good. I'm just that.
1: amazed. You can go with Tech at 9.5 and, and LSU at
3: 7.5. I feel like Tech. Tech game momentum. You're just setting
1: LSU up for success because then you'll come back and say, well, they won eight, nine games. This year was a success when ultimately it was not. It was just an average year for an LSU they, football If program. they
3: win nine games with that schedule, yeah, that's a success. Eight games, no. But nine wins, I think it's a success.
1: Uh, Here's the wild card. What do you do with Grambling in the win total, considering what What they've done and what they've done in the last two years uh, with what eleven win seasons, eleven and two, and eleven and one? You want to talk about setting the bar high? Broderick Fives and the Tigers have done that.
3: Yeah, I went with nine and a half because they're coming off a back to back eleven win seasons, but I'm a little nervous just because you lose so many really, really good players, like really. Impact players. One like, them called Devonte Kincaid. One, called, and one yeah. called Martez Carter. I right. mean, you know, you talk about two two faces of the program right there. So, that's my concern for Grambling. But we, the job that Fobbs has done, how can you not have still have high expectations despite what they lost?
1: Let's take a timeout. We have gone through the first two downs. I think we've gained three and a half yards. We're going to have a lot of work to do on third and fourth down. That's coming up after the break.
0: If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit NetTech.net or call 866-668-0001 today.
4: Don't get blindsided by health care
0: costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com.
4: Real good, real good. some
0: call them mud bugs some call them crawdaddies Readers of delta style called catfish charlie's the best crawfish are in season and on the tray at catfish charlie's on louisville avenue near office depot and on 165 north across from brookshire's
5: Louisiana, this is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe.
1: Welcome back. Continue to weigh in, 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line. We continue to play a little four downs. The first two downs, what we established was that we both love Baker Mayfield, so that should probably be a kiss of death. Yeah. He'll end up in Cleveland, and we'll be searching for another gig in two years.
3: <laughs> There's no way they take him in the top four picks. There's no way.
1: Uh, second down, we did a uh, win totals over and unders for our, for for our four football programs. What we established was Jake set Louisiana Tech's win total extremely high at nine and a half, and then set
3: the bar extremely low for LSU at three and a half. So you you would argue that they both should be at eight and a half.
1: I said three and a half. I was waiting for you to catch that, and you didn't.
3: But uh, sorry, you you would put both at eight and a half though. That, I might I, I could be swayed to that. Nine and a half is high. Nine and a half is high. High. But I'm thinking about it. Even the action. most
1: optimistic Louisiana Tech fans aren't going to say, all right, I'm all in. They're going to get at least ten wins next
3: not, year. You're not looking at this and going at least. they got to get ten wins for you to, to win the bet. To go over, yeah. Well, if you're taking the over. If you're, if you're setting the line, don't you want people to go under? No, well,
1: nobody's going to take the over on that. Everybody's taking the under.
3: And then guess what? When they get 10 wins, you're rich.
1: And you're still happy. They might lose the bet, but you'd be happy that the Bulldogs had a 10-win season.
3: Exactly. It's a win-win for all. Okay. All right, what do you got third down? Third down, make the argument. Which Saints rookie had the best season, Marshawn Lattimore or Alvin Merrick? This is a difficult one. It is difficult. So you look at, let's just go stat-wise, I believe
1: Lattimore ended up with uh, five interceptions, 52 tackles, Eighteen passes defended. You're gonna look and say eighteen passes defended, that's the kind of respect that he got for majority of the year. People wouldn't throw that way.
3: No, and he matched up against the best receivers for, for every team.
1: You look at the improvement on the defense overall, a lot of that credit has to go to Lattimore, of course something shore up that secondary.
3: Yeah, so this is the way I view it. He brought stability to a defense that couldn't stop anybody's passing attack to save their life the past couple of years, right? I mean, the Saints had some awful pass defenses through the years. Lattimore comes in, and of course, you know, he's not the only one, but I'm saying he he, he comes in and he becomes a lockdown corner, something that the Saints haven't had. And then you, you fill it in with guys like Crawley and Williams, and all of a sudden the secondary is, is, is really much improved. I give a lot of credit to Lattimore for that. However, I keep going back to the Rams game. Aaron and, you know, this was a feeling I actually had in in many games, but that one really sticks out to me. When the Saints weren't clicking, Alvin Kamara was always the best player on the field. He just was, and I keep going back to that Rams game where Kamara was unbelievable, but it seemed like nobody else could get it going for the Saints. And so for that reason, you know, you can throw stats at me, you can you can crunch the numbers, but there's something about a player that's just the best on the field where he can he can do whatever he wants with the football.
1: Camaro's number is 728 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, uh, another 826 receiving 81 receptions and five scores. Ridiculous. The pressure that, of course, that that took off Ingram, and then you look at Mark Ingram's statistics, what he did on the year, that allowed him to, you know, he rushed for 1,124 yards and 12 scores.
3: Yeah. So this is a very difficult question because really you can make an argument either way. I... Go with Kamara just barely, just barely. Um, but you know, you really got to tip your hat to Lattimore too and what he he accomplished on that defense.
1: So did you answer the question? Yeah, Kamara. I go Kamara. All
3: right, where where are you going?
1: Uh, I agree. Also, did you see some of the footage from uh, this past weekend? Is that uh, both of them were riding on a float? I believe the Demian float and uh, going through the streets of uh, the quarter. Uh, They got off the float running alongside the float in the crowd, and the the commotion that that created actually stopped the parade there for a minute.
3: (laughs) Yeah, very, very cool.
1: Earlier in the week, I saw two weeks ago, Camaro was kind of complaining about the fact he couldn't get to his apartment or his townhouse or his penthouse because of the parades, and uh, I think he's changed his tune a little bit.
3: I think so. I think he embraced it this past week. All right, fourth down. You have to be one. And this is really for you, Aaron, because I know you hate both of these things. You have to either be an NFL draft expert or a recruiting expert. Which would you choose and why?
1: Uh, the NFL draft expert because it gets paid more money.
3: Oh, come on. You don't think so? Uh, yes. Yes, you do, but that's a and cheap are, way well, out of this that, question. that was just
1: the, my first part of the argument.
3: Okay, throw that to the side. Okay. Uh, throw, throw money out of it.
1: Uh, second of all, there's too many variables in the high school ranks. Are there? Yes.
3: Okay. So and
1: I want a bigger sample size. So if I'm in the NFL, breaking down college and high school, of course, I have more to work with.
3: Okay. So for me, this is easy. I deal with high school athletes the most, so I understand how it can be awkward at times doing interviews with younger kids. <laughs> and You know, I mean, you, you do as well. I mean, you know how that can be. And I think, you know, because some of them simply don't want to talk. Um I feel like that could be the most difficult part of this job. But when it comes down to it, for me, I think, you know, when you're looking at NFL draft experts, for instance, they're so critical and they have to to really put their opinion on the line. I mean, how many times has Mel Kiper or or Todd McShay completely dismissed a guy and they go on to be great? And that's played over and over And over, and you think about recruiting analysts, and yeah, they might miss on a guy. They're never, I don't ever see them being too critical with a kid. They might say this kid's gonna be a five star, and he ends up being a dud and and doesn't reach the, the potential or expectations that were placed on him. Yeah, but that's about as as bad as it gets, I think. If you're if you're recruiting analyst, if you're an NFL draft expert, I mean, remember the Russell Wilson thing when Russell Wilson was drafted in, in the third round, and, and John Gruden was just hammering both of those guys, saying this kid's gonna be great. I know he's gonna be great. I don't listen to what y'all say, and it was all because of the height deal. And you know, I just look at that. I look at you know times where they where they've missed, and it's become you know almost comical. And how much? And how many times have you sat down for an NFL draft? And it's gone completely opposite as to what you heard weeks and weeks and weeks leading up because Kuyper and McShay feel like they let you feel like, oh, this is exactly how the draft's going to go. And then it goes completely different. I mean, mm-hmm. that happens every single year. So for me, I, I, I think I would rather be. Just different. because
1: you're going to be wrong more often than not?
3: You're going to be wrong and you're going to be remembered for being wrong. That's right.
1: And you'll have a paycheck that, of
3: course, oh, will okay. support you. Well, everything's about money. Well, how about
1: uh, you, know, you mentioned, of course, Kuyper and McShay and how they miss. I mean, all you got to do is look, and this is making news now, where eight years ago Mel Kuyper said <laughs> he'd retire in 2018 <laughs> if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a successful NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, is it 2018?
3: It's 2018. Is Clausen in the league? Is his foot still in his mouth? Yeah. Clausen is not in the league. I think
1: he, he's been out of the league for a while now, too.
3: No, and he, he was a big-time bust. You huh. so, see, it's stuff like that, man. It's stuff like that where you're just like.
1: Here it is. Crossett had twice as many career interceptions, 14 as <laughs> touchdowns. He was 1-13 in 13 as a starter.
3: There you go. Not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal statistics there.
1: All right. All right. You can call up the high school kids, and you can be a college recruiting guru.
3: I'd like that better than being an NFL draft expert.
1: 888 993 7762 four downs on this Wednesday morning. Let's take a timeout coming up next. Parting
2: shots.
4: Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car, king.
5: Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information, or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR, Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe, or call us at 812-BANK-BOR. We are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Have you ever experienced the pain of hunger? There are thousands of people in our area that experience that hunger every day. The Food Bank of Northeast Louisiana's mission is a hunger-free Northeast Louisiana, and they can do it with your help. This is Pastor Leslie Stevens from Trinity United Methodist Church asking you to consider helping the Food Bank. To find out more, visit fbnela.org.
0: Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com.
5: Now, let's get back to the sports on The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe.
1: Welcome back to the show. Before we get to our party shots, a couple more uh, Valentine's Day statistics for you. Average annual Valentine's Day spending, over $3 million. Number of Valentine's Day cards exchanged annually, $180 million. You're talking about jobs that uh, you were uh, either an NFL draft expert or a high school recruiting expert. How about if you were a Hallmark card writer, Jake?
3: It, yeah, this is the business to be in right now for you today. You think you
1: could think of enough slogans and mottos to jot down in a card?
3: Yeah, it would just come to me. It could be poetic. Hmm. All right. hmm. Speaking of— Very confident
1: in your abilities.
3: I am also, since it's Valentine's Day. Guys, are you looking for a unique gift? Did you whiff on your Valentine's Day gift like Aaron Dietrich, and are you looking to make it up to your wife? How about a relationship checkup from Amber White and the staff at Fern Foundations Counseling in Monroe? Every year, you go to your physician for your yearly routine checkup. Twice a year, you go to the dentist for a cleaning and a checkup, yet how often? You go to professional therapists for a checkup on the most important relationship in your life, mm. which is your marriage. <laughs> well, like a lot of gusto in that. A lot of the hosts at Sports Talk 977 are taking the relationship checkup, and you should, too. Mention Sports Talk 977 to receive a special discount on your initial visit. Call Firm Foundation's Counseling today at 318-654-7010. That's 318 318- 654 7010, or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. Ken
1: Westman in West Monroe weighs in on the Stuart Shelby State Farm. Text line says Kuiper gets paid for research and strong opinions,
3: not to be right. And somebody says, hard to get into that business. Mr. Deeds tried forever and almost couldn't make it. <laughs> Mr. Deeds joke on Valentine's Day.
1: Let's get to our parting shot.
2: I deal in reality, Dietrich. I don't deal in some some hair highlighted Guy Fieri wannabe fantasy land.
0: That's the most negative statement that I hear from fans and media ever.
2: So I'd really rather not have any more questions about is it okay to lose this game? It's never okay to lose a game. C-
4: congratulations. Uh, oh. Congratulations.
1: I lost. You lost. Yes. Oh, I was told
4: that you won. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, c'est en français, okay.
1: All right, we had planned to get to this story earlier in the day before we got sidetracked on Jake making a uh, homemade Hallmark card for his wife. So let's get to it now. Uh, Advocate uh, points out, and this was according to CBS Sports Report also, that college football saw its largest per-game attendance drop in 34 years in 2017. (laughs) Average attendance was down about 1,400 per game. That comes to about 3.2% compared to 2016. The report also says the average attendance at a football bowl subdivision game was 42,203, the lowest total since 1997. NCAA attendance reports are based on ticket sales rather than the count of actual fans who enter a venue. If you want to put that in perspective, this was an advocate story. They showed LSU's average attendance in Tiger Stadium fell to 98,506 in 2017 from 101, 231, and 216 from an all-time high just back in 2015 when 102,000 crammed their way into Tiger Stadium. So the 2017-2017 decrease amounts to about 2.7%. All right, thoughts on this?
3: Uh, I'm not surprised. Um, and, and by the way, these numbers, you know, they said they're going off the of ticket sales, but if you look around Tiger stadium every week, there's no way there's not 8,000 people averaged in there. There's just no way.
1: Um, I'm this not- doesn't bother me that much because first of all, let's just go with the one statistic there with the uh, 42,203 being the average attendance at a football bowl subdivision game. So we're talking about 129 programs across the country. And we're not talking a lot about huge markets in a lot of these. No. You're still getting 42,000 people to show up at an event on a Saturday in, what, uh, 60 different cities or towns across the country.
3: But I think it brings up an issue with ticket pricing. I think tickets are getting outrageously high. I will say that. And I also feel like, you know, in certain cases, parking and traffic, I mean, those are issues that people don't want to deal with when you have the luxury of sitting at home in front of your HD Well Well, there's
1: the bingo. The number of games now that you can watch on TV watch and everything. how good HD is and yeah. then the caliber of a broadcaster
3: you're getting. Exactly. I mean, that's a, that's, that, that's a game changer. It has been a game changer. So... You know we're not shocked by by these results, but I do think if you lowered the the ticket prices just a little bit, I think that would help Mm -hmm. tremendously. Because when I when I sit down and think about it, and like let's say I want to go to an LSU game, I got to drop at least two hundred dollars just for me and my wife to go, and that's I mean that's bare minimum. And then I'm not even talking about parking Mm -hmm. and.
1: Listen, how many times do we have the conversation uh, last football season we were discussing, well, what are you doing this weekend? And you being a 25-year-old, you were acting more like the, the 55-year-old saying, oh, man, I wouldn't want to have to deal with that
3: traffic. No, I want to sit at home. I want to pull up my couple of TVs and watch as many games as possible. That's what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. But if you only have one team that you're interested in in watching, which I think is probably how most people feel, um, then I think it wouldn't take a whole lot of convincing to go to a game. But when you sit down and you're like, well, this is going to take up my entire day Mm -hmm. because of the traffic, because of how long it takes to, to find a parking spot and how long it takes to leave. Yeah, I think it's an issue, and I think it's something that, you know, when you when you read those statistics, I'm not shocked at all.
1: Mm. Your favorite athletic director, uh, Joe Oliva, back in October during a speaking engagement in New Orleans says, if you look throughout the landscape of college football, totally across the landscape, the number of people attending games is going down. Attendance is going down. We have to do a better job of making the fan experience at games more friendly so they want to come and stay. This is an issue, of course, ADs across the country are faced with.
3: Yeah, I think he, he – initially gave that quote i think that's an old quote i did mention
1: that i said in october yeah in the speaking i, engagement in New I think
3: that was about also about the, the alcohol like i think that was a big deal as to why they they put in the, the beer garden or whatever it's mm-hmm. called um which is which is always um packed i mean that that area is always uh packed with, with people and i think that's going to help you know they're just looking for ways to get more people into the stadium
1: If you're an athletic director at Louisiana Tech, ULM, and other universities, though, now you have to get even more creative and thinking outside the box and, of course, making it more of an event than a game and have to be so fan friendly to get people in there.
3: Get the girl on the unicycle in there. I heard she got her
1: (laughs) unicycle back, right? She bought bought her one.
3: Nice. Yeah. Good for Golden State. All
1: right. Jake's going to spend the rest of his day working on his uh, Hallmark card. Will you take a picture of it and send it to me later on?
3: I, I might take the cheap route and just go buy one. We'll see. I will send you a picture, though.
1: Uh, we had fun today. What are we doing tomorrow?
3: Top 10 Thursday. Uh huh. Worst radio calls.
1: We're going to need some help. So uh, if you come across or stumble across a, a radio call that you thought was really, 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 really bad, we actually want to hear it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we want to play it for yes, all of you. Yes. So, do you think Jim Hawthorne will crack the list with the Jack Hunt? <laughs> jack Hunt. Jack Hunt. You think?
1: Is that bad what a lot of people are going to remember him for? I which hate I don't that think is him. right.
3: I hate that for him. I do. Yeah. But, man, that was one of the biggest moments in LSU history, and he said mm. their own name. It just, It's unfortunate.
1: Mm. Uh, also, tomorrow, uh, Chris Blair. The voice of the LSU Tigers. Yeah, that'd be a nice, nice tie-in. tie-in. He <laughs> maybe uh, maybe, maybe have,
3: we don't bring that up to Chris. <laughs> Not that,
1: but we may ask him. You know, if he has some advice for people that do a game or two
3: out there. Yeah, that'd be fun. All
1: right, fun show today. Great job on the board, uh, John Tabor. The Edge is coming up next. Uh, Puff Daddy over here working on his Valentine's Day plans. I can see. No, oh, yeah, he's working the phone. He's the guy you want to take advice from on this that's right.
3: That's right. <laughs>
1: They're coming up next
4: Thanks for
0: listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White To listen live every day Tune in at ESPN977.com Or subscribe In iTunes, Stitcher Or wherever you find podcasts